You're listening to the audio podcast of the weekly message preached during the online worship service of Central United Methodist Church, broadcast from Arlington, Virginia. You're invited to join us for our live worship experience through Facebook or Zoom every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Visit www.cumcballston.org for details. There, you can also learn more about our congregation, where we worship God, serve others, and embrace all. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The psalm that Sharon just read for us was written a very, very long time ago. In the book of Psalms, which is a collection of poetry and songs, There are different genres. There are songs of praise. There are songs of lament. Psalm 23 is a song of trust. And one of the things that happens in a psalm of trust is that you acknowledge the calamity, the disaster, the crisis, and you also express your trust in God. This week, I want to share a few words from the wisdom of Rabbi Harold Kushner. He talks about the reality of the valley of the shadow of death in his book, The Lord is My Shepherd, Healing Wisdom of the 23rd Psalm. Hear now what he wrote, quote, The psalm does not deny the shattering reality of death and loss, nor does it minimize how painful death and loss can be to us. It never asks us to pretend, as some religious teachings do, that death does not change us. It acknowledges the emotional darkness we find ourselves in when a loved one is dying or has died, when we are in the valley of the shadow of death. But instead of cursing a God who permits our loved ones to die, it introduces us to a God who is with us in our pain and who leads us through the dark valley back into the light. And this is the way the psalmist would teach us to see the world without illusions that nothing bad will ever happen, but without the fear that we will be utterly destroyed by things that do happen. We will hurt, and we will heal, we will grieve, and we will grow whole again." End quote. This week we have heard a lot in the news about our new normal, about how things will never be the same as they were before. There is a lot of good reasons for us to be afraid. Sometimes people of faith 
whether that's from the Jewish tradition, as Rabbi is from, or whether that's from the Christian tradition, which grew out of the teachings of Jesus, who was himself a rabbi. Sometimes we are tempted to minimize the pain and the anxiety and the stress that we may be feeling because we think that expressing those ideas means that we're doubting in God. I hope that as you heard Psalm 23 today, you could hear that it is okay to name the reality of our situation and also to express our faith. It is not a point of tension to acknowledge the reality and the pain of the strife that we have right now as a world, anxious about what the future will hold for the health of people, for the economic success of the United States and many other nations around the world. There is a devastating change happening that not all of us can understand. And it is okay to go to God in prayer with our worries and our anxieties. And it is also okay to know that God is with us in this pain and in this anxiety and in this stress. One of the ancient prayer traditions that comes to us from the monastic tradition, so monks and nuns, is that they pray multiple times a day. It's called praying the hours. There's usually about seven set times of day when people will pray. And part of those short services, most of them last 10 to 15 minutes, they include a psalm. Praying the psalms is a powerful practice that allows us to express the reality of our lives and also to express the hope that we have in God. For God is with us and God is at work. In the last week, I have been so moved by the stories of helpers who have wanted to do something for others, whether that's people who are using their skills as a seamstress or as someone who can create the face shields. I've seen uh, some of the folks who have been sewing masks for medical personnel because the supplies have been running low. I've seen other folks who have been repurposing their industrial equipment to make the plastic required for face shields. There is a sense of creativity and ingenuity at work today, thinking about ways that we can respond together. Here in Arlington on Thursday, we had a phone call with clergy throughout the county, with the AFAC Arlington Food Assistance Center, with Volunteer Arlington, and also with the Department of Human Services. We want to be working together in collaboration to respond to this. And one of the things that the leader of the Department of Human Services said that calmed some of my anxieties is that there is an opportunity for anyone within Arlington County who is not sheltering in a safe place to access resources, to be able to go and stay in a motel to self-isolate there. We here at Central have a close relationship with many people who sleep on the street. Just last night, as I left church after preparing for worship today, I saw two of our neighbors sleeping on the street around the corner. And I was reminded that while I may be able to go home and be safe, they don't have a home to go to. And so I am glad that on Monday, Arlington County will make available new resources 
for people like our neighbors outside. They also will make available for anyone who is in a domestic violence situation. That's a scary thought to have to shelter in place if your home has someone who is an abuser. And so this morning, as we read Psalm 23, I'm going to talk a little bit about what it is to have God lay a table before us in the presence of our enemies. But I want to be clear that if you find yourself in a situation where your home is not safe, if you're in Arlington County, there are resources available to you. If you're not in Arlington, I do hope that your local jurisdiction has the same because even if we are having to quarantine and self-isolate, you are not alone. You do not have to be in danger if that is true in your home. Throughout this season of Lent, we have talked about God preparing a place at the table for us. We've heard the different invitations that Jesus has extended to come to the table. If we were gathering in person together, we would be sharing communion today but we're not. Instead, we're worshiping maybe at your dining room table, maybe in your living room. I'm here at the desk in my office. But we still hear an invitation to the table in Psalm 23. It's an odd invitation, though. It's one where we hear the psalmist say, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Now, we don't know if David is using the image of the shepherd to think about the enemies being the natural enemies of the sheep, and the sheep are safe inside a pen, they're safe in a pasture where there's food, and then there are enemies at bay on the other side of the fence. Or what some scholars have argued is that this is a place of reconciliation. That David is not talking about the literal sheep. God is there preparing a table before us in the presence of our enemies, which means that we will be dining at a feast side by side or across the table with people we might call enemies. That was true for Jesus when he sat at the table for the Last Supper when he instituted the Lord's Supper for us, what we call communion, what we call Eucharist, the great Thanksgiving. Jesus sat there among his friends and his disciples. And as we know, Judas was one of those disciples. He sat there with his enemy at the table. And still, when Jesus broke that bread and he shared in the cup and he instituted a new covenant for the world, he offered that to Judas. He offered Judas the opportunity to participate in that covenant, even knowing that Judas would betray him. I can't imagine what it would feel like to sit at a table and know that I was about to be betrayed by someone sitting there. And yet Jesus offered him the grace to sit at the table. When we think about Psalm 23, it reminds us that God offers one more opportunity for us all, time and time again, to reconcile with God and with one another. This week, if you find yourself at home, 
you may be sitting alone. You may discover some of the ways that you have felt like you're alone. You may discover some of the ways that you feel like you have an enemy in your life. There's an opportunity in this quiet time to reach out in reconciliation. I encourage you to think about the way that God might be inviting you to not only be reconciled with God in this season of Lent, but also to reconcile the relationships in your life. What fences need to be mended? What apologies need to be made? And what invitations to the feast can be extended? The good news, we don't do this work of reconciliation on our own. Christ has done the hard work of reconciliation for us to God, and it offers us a path to reconciliation with other people in our lives. And so this week, I encourage you to sit with Psalm 23, to remember that we are not alone, that the shepherd is always with us, protecting us, and that a feast is set before us, a feast prepared in the presence of our enemies, and that we have the opportunity to offer hope and love and reconciliation even to those whom we would name as an enemy. This is an opportunity for God to work in us, and I pray that you listen, that you take this opportunity to extend the hope and the grace that comes to us from God. Will you pray with me now? Lord, thank you for the promises that you have given to us over the thousands of years that you have talked to your people. Thank you for your faithfulness from generation to generation. We pray now for those who feel as though they are walking through that valley of the shadow of death, for those who are anxious for loved ones, those who are anxious for friends, who are anxious for what the future holds, who are anxious for those who are hungry and homeless. Lord, we pray that your presence will give us a sense of peace, a sense of courage for the actions that we need to take, and also the opportunity this week to consider that feast that you set before us, to consider the invitation to sit at that feast knowing that it is prepared in the presence of our enemies. Lord, give us the grace and the love and the mercy that we need to offer apologies or to welcome reconciliation in any way that we need to do this week. We are so thankful for your work of reconciliation to this world. In your holy name, amen. Well, in worship, when we respond to the word, we respond in a couple of ways. We respond through prayer and we respond through the offering.